The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. And you're welcome back to The Last Word. It's Ian Guider sitting in for Matt today. Well, it is Wednesday evening and that can only mean it's Culture Club time. And I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Vanessa Fox O'Loughlin, whom you will know better as the author Sam Blake, the author of the best-selling chart-topping Cat Connolly trilogy of books. Vanessa, you're very welcome to The Last Word. Thank you so much for having me in. Delighted to Delighted to have you inducted into The Culture Club. As I said, you've top the charts here in Ireland with your books over the years but you've been involved before you were a published author you've been involved in writing and literature for a long time a long time absolutely yeah The Mystery of Four has just uh, just had seven weeks in the top ten which I'm absolutely thrilled with so I have to say thank you to everybody who's read it and and everything that bought it uh, first off but yeah I started writing in 1999 which you believe it a long time ago um, my husband went sailing across the Atlantic for eight weeks on a race racing cruise and um, I was at home um, long evenings to fill and I had an idea for a book and literally just started writing um and yeah bug absolutely bit me i think when you start if when you do start writing it you have no concept of what it is you're getting into um but i remember literally sitting down um writing everything in longhand at that stage and be 12 o'clock and then i'd look up the clock again it'd be four o'clock in the afternoon and that magic that you get when you when you write like that is just incredible became completely addictive We'll be getting to your book choices a little bit later, but your novels are, we're talking crime, mystery, psychological thrillers. There's lots of murder and death in them. That's a, that's a dark topic. It is a bit, isn't it? I know, but I, you know, I love a good puzzle and I think that's what it is. I think, and I think crime readers enjoy that too. They're the people who love jigsaw puzzles and, and crosswords and I like a good challenge um, in a book when I'm reading it myself and I, that's what I set out to do, yeah, to, to challenge, challenge the reader and hopefully throw in some twists they don't see coming. We'll get on to your book choice, as I said, in a few moments, but let's start off with your musical picks. What's influenced you over the years, going back to when you were a child growing up in England? Well, definitely it was Top of the Pops, wasn't it, back there? Back back in the day, I might be showing my age here. We'll have to we'll, we'll, so we'll gloss I. over that show bit. back then. <laughs> it was enormous and I think that's the, yeah, seeing the acts and um, everybody being into the, into the various um, music, um, you'll see from some of my choices, people will recognise them. Um, I think that was probably the, absolutely the biggest influence. I mean, it was huge. Let's start off with the first song for a single God, it's, a, it's, a, it's something of a history to say a single that you ever bought it, it is yeah so the very very first single I ever bought was Aha Take On Me um, and it was that picture disc and it unfolded into I think about three different sections and had Morton Harkett on it and I remember literally going to school the next day and um, queuing up for I think we were queuing up for science we all had our science overalls over and we were all talking about Aha and it must have just hit hit the top slot I think um, and yeah just it was a sort of magical time I suppose I bought it in Boots too, when Boots <laughs> sold singles, they used to have this big rack and uh, with all the top, the top must be the top would be more than the top twenty, probably the top forty, and um, it was about one twenty five or something. I think it was not a lot of money, but well, it felt like a lot then. Um, but yeah, no, it was a special, a special one because it was a special edition. Yeah, an incredible song and also an incredible music video, which is still mm. last test of time. Let's have a listen to Aha and Take on Me.
it's a song that's really stood the test of time and even the music video all these years later it's so fantastic fascinating just and I still know all the words I'm listening to it so I'm bopping away here on the, absolutely it's just one of those songs that makes you want to dance and uh, lifts you I think doesn't it are you a big music music lover um I think I know what I like and the things I like I tend to play a lot um I just, yeah, yeah. So I suppose so. I, I wouldn't be one of these mad um, people who's always following the charts or anything. I think, you know, when you find what you like and you stick with that, that's that would be me. Let's move on to your album pick. And you've gone for Adele, who, of course, is absolutely still one of the best in the world and now rocking Las Vegas with a residency. What is it about Adele that you like? I think she's a storyteller. And in every song, there's a story. I mean, apart from the absolutely amazing voice at that, and her unique music. I just I love the fact that she writes her own songs, a lot of them. And um her music is amazing. She's just so original. I think that's, I think I suppose in writing that's what you're trying to do as well as always be constantly be original and it's it hard in the music industry, um, you know, to, to, when really you've only got so many notes that you can play with to do different things with them and I just think she's amazing and as a, as a writer she's just incredible. Tell us about your pick from Adele. So I absolutely love Chasing Pavements. I just think that's an amazing song. Again, storyteller. Um, I think she just brings so much to, to to every song. It feels like she's bringing her whole life and every every emotion you ever felt, you know, is she manages to pack in there. Let's have a listen. I've made up my mind Don't need to think it over If I'm wrong, I am right Don't need to look no further This ain't lost, I know This is love If I tell the world I'll never say enough Cause it was not said to you exactly what I need to do if I end up with you. Should I give up or should I just keep chasing pavements even if it leads nowhere? I wouldn't be awake even if I knew my age. Should I leave it Beautiful. It's just such a beautiful voice. Absolutely. Let's move on to some of the other artists and acts you've liked over the years. Um, I absolutely adore that happy song. You know the Pharrell Williams happy song? Yes. I, that just makes me smile and makes me want to dance. And I don't know I don't know what he put into it that made so many people get behind it. But I found on YouTube there are a whole thousands of videos of people dancing to the happy song in different parts of the world in different in different cities all around the world um and it's just amazing it literally is, feels like a phenomenon but it's just it was incredible i absolutely adore that and it comes on the radio and i smile every, do you do you time. listen to that when you're writing these horrific murder scenes <laughs> i do i sometimes do have tracks on in the background not that one i have to say <laughs> that's that's my big uplift happy happy song um but um no i do sometimes i, do, I have um I don't know, it could be something like Robbie Williams. Um, 
his angel song. There's a few different bits and pieces that you would listen to. Certainly when I was writing the Cat Conley books, I'd listen to her soundtrack because she's a lot younger than me. So she had her own sort of uh, the, top, the pop music that she would have been listened to at the time. And I found that really helpful because I could plug my um, sort of speakers in into my earphones. And, and it didn't matter where I was. The minute I started listening to her soundtrack, I was back and I was with Cat. And um, it was very easy to slip into the writing because I write all over the place. So I write in cafes and on trains and on planes. And, and it can be really helpful sometimes just to block out that background noise. Some of your other favourite artists and somebody you actually know. I do, yes. So Lisa Stansfield, um, everybody I think loves this, the Around the World song that she had um, a good few years ago now. But um, she's an absolutely gorgeous person and um, she's a friend of my husband's. And I just, yeah, she's just, uh, that song, her voice is just incredible. I think it's like Adele. It's that, it's a quality to her voice, which just literally lifts you every time you hear it. Um, Before we get to it, just you just bring it back a little bit there. How did you get to know her through your husband? Um, through Dorky, because she was living in Dorky um, a little while ago. And uh, big gang of them used to hang out in Dorky and we used to go up to her house for, for fantastic parties, New Year's Eve parties and uh, I have a lovely picture of my um, one of my elders sitting on she had this fantastic uh, grand uh, white grand piano and there was a little step up to it and I have a picture of my elders sort of sitting there and sitting playing the piano as well. Um, so yeah, just it was just lovely, lovely time. She had a studio down in the basement as well so it was great. Let's have a listen to Lisa Stansfield and of course a classic all fabulous, around the world. Fabulous song. Fabulous. Takes you right back there. Good. Yeah, no, beautiful, beautiful song, beautiful voice. You know, going back there and you picked Aha as well, but some of the other favourites, some of the 80s you had, including Wet, 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 real 80s sounds, but also sounds that are still today, when you turn them on, you hear them on the radio, they're so good. They really are, aren't they? Yeah, no, I just, yeah, particularly the one, um, the main one I, I love um, for Wet, Wet, Wet is Angel Eyes. And that really takes me back. My dad used to work for the lottery just briefly um, for Camelot. And um, we went to the studio when they were filming it with the BBC. You remember the lottery in the UK had this big show and they had the music and everything going on. And um, so I was in the rehearsal room or in the studio on my own, actually, um, before the show started and wet, 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 we're rehearsing. Um, and um, so Marty Pello was literally standing as far away from us from me as you are now and singing this the, the, the Angela and it was just absolutely one of those surreal experiences and every time I hear it I'm right back there it was incredible um, so yeah no, it was yeah but it's amazing they really have stood the test of time and I, you wonder whether um, some of the songs you hear today whether they're going to have that that longevity I suppose but you're still you're, you're into your more modern pop music 
Um, yeah, I do. I, I listen to um, yeah, Sean Mendes and Maroon 5 and all sorts of different bits and pieces. Um, um, my one of my kids, if I, so I pick up what my kids are listening to. So I don't know, Imagine Dragons and all sorts of things come on in the car as well. So it's um, yeah, I listen. I listen to a lot of different stations. I, li- I like I like listening to the to the music stations and um, picking up what's what's current because especially when I'm writing and I'm writing characters who might be listening to those stations, um, it really helps to just sort of get into their head. Um, I'm writing a character who's 29 at the moment, so I'm having to make sure I make sure I tune into what she's listening to. Do you have to look at yourself when you're writing those references? Think, well, I can't put in anything I've I've liked in the past. You have to be more up to date, even though you mightn't have listened to it. Um, well, yeah, I think you have to be you have to be cognizant of when I, when I'm planning characters. What I'm doing, I always look to see what was in the charts when they were say 16, and what was in the charts when they were 18. So I work out exactly when they were born and how old they are going to be in the book, because um, I think they're the things that form you, uh, and they're the songs that stay with you. Um, and so if I can find those, then that really helps um, and helps me build them as a picture. Yeah. So my character the 29 year old actually she's been listening to Jesse J in the car <laughs> boom boom yes. and are you a fan of Jesse J as well uh, yeah I love that song Is it boom boom or bang bang now I forgot the name of the song <laughs> uh, you put me on the spot but no I do actually I think she's great yeah and also Katy Perry Fireworks is, um, I love that song um, that's probably going back a little bit, bit more but yeah and I think it's I think for me music is something that's with us and forms part of us. It's our cultural, you know, our cultural history, if you like. Um, and it, it makes us what we are. And so that's why it's really important, certainly from, from me, from a character point of view, um, to try and include that and get a sense of what people like. You know, do they like jazz or is it pop music they're listening to? Um, I had one, I wrote one character called Keep Your Eyes on Me, who was a ballerina, a classical ballerina. And so she liked classical music. So I was listening to a lot of different bits of classical music when I was writing her. So yeah, everybody's, everybody's very different. I'm trying to figure now how music fits into some of your books because they, some of the stories the one you had the one in the mystery of four they are quite dark tales and then to interject your characters with lives that involve c- more modern culture yeah they, yeah they are they tend to be dark things happen to them I think that's the thing I think they're all quite normal people but things tend to happen to them um, and and that's when you get real, real story you know um, the, yeah the mystery of four and Tess takes it buys the house she doesn't expect all the trouble she's going to find herself into um, but I think it's that it's getting that sense of that um, who they are and who they are as people um, and music gives you a really good angle I think as a as a reader it gives you a good sense of who that who those characters are as well so it helps build build the picture in your head were you much of a concert goer um not really um i went to um my first i think probably the first concert i ever went to was black celebration the the depeche mo concert a long time ago when i was small much smaller younger smaller younger um but um yeah not really massively into going to gigs um i think it's the crowd thing i'm not quite I'm not so mad about huge numbers of people in in um, crammed into small places um I've been to some funny ones over the years, some yeah random ones, you know, where you, somebody's said, well, why don't you come to this? And uh, but yeah, but it's um, I think, again, it's uh, the thing about music is it can be conjo- enjoyed anywhere, can't it? You know, whether you're just you, you and your headphones or if you're in the gym or you're walking the dog or you're going to a big gig. Um, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Let's have a listen to Depeche Mode and Black Celebration Live.
is the Pesh Mode and Black Celebration. That's not something you could really experience in a small venue. Takes me right back. <laughs> I can remember being on the train going in and the wild excitement. And uh, I think it was in the Hackney Empire. Um, so it wasn't like the biggest venue, but it was um, just was amazing. Yeah, that was my, I think it's your first, your first gig's going to stick in your head, isn't it? So, it, you know. It is indeed. Definitely. Vanessa Fox O'Loughlin is our guest on the Culture Club this evening. And after the break, we'll be finding out all of your TV, book and movie choices. Stay with us back in a couple of minutes. And you're welcome back to The Last Word. It is our culture club. Our latest inductee is Vanessa Fox O'Loughlin, better known as the writer Sam Blake. Vanessa, we've been going through your musical choices there and a real tour between your early childhood and the 80s all the way through some more modern takes as well. We want to bring you on to your movie choices, your TV choices and especially your book choices as well. Let's start off with your movie choices because for somebody whom I, I know these are your favourites, but for somebody whom, as I said, we've been talking about some of the novels you've written involving Gardy, involving mysteries, they're involving crime. You've picked as your movie choice the Wizard of Oz. I know, it's mad. I must have seen The Wizard of Oz about 15 times. I think I live, I think I must live in my head, Anna. It's, it's that whole, it's that whole magical world um, that really appeals to me. But there are elements of The Wizard of Oz that are quite dark too. Um, and I, I, when you go back and look at the history of it and how it was filmed and everything and um, all the, there were lots of accidents on the set of The Wizard of Oz. Um, and I think um, the Tin Man got into terrible trouble because the, the uh, makeup they were using was mercury, was lead-based. I'm just saying mercury, so there's a lead-based and so he got sick and he had to be replaced and all sorts of things happened and there was a lot of drama um but I love I just there's something about that that uh, the whole film I think it's the fact that it goes from black and white to color um that whole sense of the fact that she's literally whipped up and um I love those scenes on the bike with Toto in the in the in the basket um and she's literally dumped in this this mysterious place and we've got that that contrast the technicolour yeah it's a wild story but wonderful yeah and let's have a listen now to the wizard of oz and this is dorothy played by julie garland when she meets the scarecrow now which way do we go pardon me that way is a very nice way who said that (laughs) don't be silly toto scarecrows don't talk it's pleasant down that way too That's funny. Wasn't he pointing the other way? Of course, people do go both ways. Why, you did say something, didn't you? Are you doing that on purpose? Or can't you make up your mind? That's the trouble. I can't make up my mind. I haven't got a brain. Only straw. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. Well, we haven't really met properly, have we? Why, no. How do you do? How do you do? Very well, thank you. Oh, I'm not feeling at all well. You see, it's very tedious being stuck up here all day long with a hole up your back. Is that one you'd sit after Christmas watching with your kids? Definitely. I'd, I mean, I'd watch it any time it's on. Um, yeah, there's, and there's a quote, a brilliant quote um, that I'm always talking about when I'm um, working with new writers and when we talk about pitching film and, um, you know, how you need to, when you need to pitch your book, you need to describe your book quite quickly. And there's a brilliant quote um, that was done by a satirical journalist who said that um, there was this movie, I usually try and hold the movie back, but say to them, you know, um, a girl was... Um, 
taken to a mysterious land where she killed the first person she met and teamed up with three strangers to kill again. And that's The Wizard of Oz, but with a very different take on it. And I always think that's amazing. Yeah, different different way of looking at it completely. But yeah, the, and the musical score, isn't it amazing? It's just gorgeous to listen to again. Let's move on to your musical choices because you've picked a couple of them now that I think are very interesting and some plays as well that have influenced you, I'd imagine. Um, absolutely, yeah. There's a couple here. When I started thinking about it, I remember going to see Carmen Jones in London, uh, which was musical, and it was a- absolutely blew me away. I think it was, um, was I think Ben Elton might have written the lyrics for it, and um, but it was the most amazing performance. And I think I think going into L- London's West End and seeing a play. I know there's been some amazing things with amazing special effects and stuff um, relatively recently, but it, I think it just absolutely blows you away that they can manage to do these things on the stage. Um, and yeah, the guy, um, the guy who was who was the lead, I think Simon Otis, just the most incredible voice, absolutely um, amazing voices. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely blew me away. I love, I love just, I think I love that story as well. Let's uh, have a listen bit, little bit, listen to a little bit of Stand Up and Fight from the original 1943 Broadway cast recording of Carmen Jones. Sheffield's gone to have him in your corner Hear his voice, a whispering low Big boy, remember, you must remember Stand up and fight until you hear the bell Stand tall to tall, trade blow for blow Keep punching till you make your punches tell Show that crowd what you know Until you hear that bell, that final bell Stand up and fight like hell Stand up and fight until you hear the bell Stand toe to toe, straight over gold Keep punching till you make your punches tell That is Stand Up and Fight from Carmen Jones. Vanessa, you're also, I mentioned there, you, t- you talk about London's West End and theatre scene there as well. One of the things you've picked out as well, you love The Mousetrap, which of course has to be the classic detective story. Yeah, and I adore Agatha Christie. I think the, one of the the most incredible things about Agatha Christie is that all the books are so different and she comes up with so many absolutely incredible endings um, and just, yeah, twists along the way. And uh, yeah, The Mousetrap is, is is brilliant. It's a real piece of its time. I think, it's, does it come to Dublin recently or is it it's coming? It has in the past come. Yeah, um, and it, I'd highly recommend it. It's it's a real, it, it's really very much of its of its era. Um, but it has uh, in true Agatha Christie style. It's the last couple of lines for me, which absolutely are complete corkers and com- made the thing it's just brilliant. Yeah, no, it's great. And I love that sense of um, I love locked room stories. I think that's what uh, the Mystery of Four is quite Agatha Christie inspired. Um, and there's a character in there for any Agatha Christie buffs uh, called Clarissa Westmacott. Um, they might recognise the references there. Um, there's a good few Agatha. Christie references all the way through it but it's um, it's set in Kilfenora House in County Wicklow so it's that sort of locked room sense of locked room and the mousetrap is very much that they're, they're, you know the guys are there and there's a snowstorm outside and things start to go go yep. off as they say but it's uh, no I just I really really enjoyed it. and I think anything that runs for that long 
I've forgotten how many how many years it is now. It was only literally stopped by the pandemic, wasn't it? Long, long, yeah, record breaking across yeah. London, West End, and also I think around the world as well. It's Absolutely. been absolutely yeah, it's great, great show. Let's move on to your book choice because this is the one I'm fascinated by because I wonder has this influenced your own writing in the last few years? And your book choice is Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier, which is a, a it's a dark story. It's a very gothic novel. It's been something I've read it a couple of times, and of course many people will have seen the the movie versions of it as well. But tell us about this. Absolutely. Absolutely, it's everything to me. It's it's multi-layered. It's so it's a, a very literary in some ways. It's it's a romance. It's a thriller. It's got twists. It's got the most incredible characters. Frightening we, characters. Mrs. Really, Danvers. Mrs. Danvers is terrifying. I know. I I, I took I have, a, I have a Mrs. Travers in the dark room who who lends a lot to actually <laughs> the book the, the book I wrote the dark room lends a lot to Daphne du Maurier. Um, yeah, she's absolutely terrifying. And particularly in the films, she comes to life as being even more terrifying. Um, but yeah, it's everything. It's, you know, the notes in the pockets and the and the the twists and the, nothing's quite as it seems. Um, and we never even know the name of the protagonist. No, you know? I, I think <sighs> I think it's fair to say that, you know, these days we'd use what we'd use the word gaslighting for what the what the narrator of, of Rebecca goes through. Yeah, very much so. I mean, and she's completely convinced She's complete. Yeah, she convinces herself as much as anything else that that the Rebecca, um, we won't. Well, Rebecca's the previous wife, will we say, um, and it is you know is is out there, and that Maxime is still madly in love with her, and, and not not in love with our with our the, the woman he's just married, who's who's our protagonist. Um, and so you've got all those threads of romance and suspicion, and it's, we've all made we've all heard things and made the wrong decision about them, and I think that's what um, De Maurier plays on so well. It's that that the reader's assumptions and our protagonist's assumptions, um, which are basically just just sort of wrong as we discover as the story unfolds. I don't want to give any spoilers, but I could absolutely highly recommend it to everybody. It's my favourite book of all time. Yeah, let's get a little bit from the first chapter of Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Last night, I dreamt I went to Manderley again. It seemed to me I stood by the iron gate leading to the drive, and for a while I could not enter, for the way was barred to me. There was a padlock and a chain upon the gate. I called in my dream to the lodgekeeper and had no answer. And peering closer through the rusted spokes of the gate, I saw that the lodge was uninhabited. No smoke came from the chimney, and the little lattice windows gaped, forlorn. Then, like all dreamers, I was possessed of a sudden with supernatural powers and passed like a spirit through the barrier before me. The drive wound away in front of me, twisting and turning as it had always done. But as I advanced, I was aware that a change had come upon it. It was narrow and unkept, not the drive that we had known. At first I was puzzled and did not understand. And it was only when I bent my head to avoid the low swinging branch of a tree that I realised what had happened. I wonder... How much influence now do you ascribe to that book for your writing career, for getting into writing what you've done? Um, huge, I think. Um, I mean, even listening to that, the house, um, the house is such a metaphor for her relationship, and it's that's what I mean by we're being multi-layered. It's just so there's just so much going on. Every time you read it, you read something different. Um, yeah, no, hugely. I mean, that's that's the book I aspire to write. I think you know that 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 a story that holds you like that and twists and has all those emotions wrapped up in it, and yeah, the misdirection and everything. A lot of misdirection in Rebecca. Yeah, wonderful book. Read it a couple of a couple of times mm. many many years ago. Let's 
move on to your TV choices because I was expecting having seen Daphne being one of your being your book choice, we might get something with a mystery, a dark crime thriller or something. But your TV choices are a little bit different even over the years. You've gone for something in your childhood, which is fame. Oh, yes. Absolutely adore that sort of series. I think it's to do with the um uh the aspiration of wanting something. And I think as writers, we do, I don't think I realised at the time when I was watching it that I was one of those creative people who who, who aspired to success in the same way that they do. Um, and so even when I, you know, when you hear the song now, her, her version of the song, we the song, Irene Cara's or not, um, it's just amazing. But yeah, they, and, and it was so exciting, I think. I said, when we were all in school and we were trekking, I was going into school on the bus um, and they were in New York and they were in dance class. And yeah, so exciting. Let's have a listen to Debbie Allen in Fame performing Come Join the Party. Hey, just because the temperature's dropping, I ain't about to sit here and weep. is Debbie Allen in Fame, the TV series. That was a great one still. It takes you right back, doesn't it? More recently, what have you been watching? I've been watching Ginny and Georgia on Netflix and I'm completely addicted. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. I've actually just written, I, I, st- I was attracted to it because I've just written a YA book which is coming out in May called um, Something Terrible Happened Last Night. And uh, when I saw it, it was a school-based sort of drama, I thought, oh yes, I must have to watch this. But it just, I was completely hooked because there's murder and there's twists and there's mystery and it's absolutely brilliant. I knew that would be more up your street we're coming towards the end of your Culture Club picks but tell us about your buried treasure and we always ask this of guests to tell us something that people should know more about whatever it might be a book a song an album tell us about yours well this is something you might listen to but unless you've seen the video you wouldn't have found this part of the buried treasure so I absolutely love that song um, by Clean Bandit Symphony and um, it's um just the girl who sings it is gorgeous and it's completely gone out of my head now um, but it's it's just a fantastic but when you look at the video for it the video is just it's mind-blowing uh, and they've taken the song but they've they've made it about the, these two guys one of them is a concert um, uh, symphony director what's that called Jared. conductor Conduct. that's the word I'm looking there for there we go uh, I'm, this is good I'm the writer and I can't find my words this evening and um, it, so it's about him and his partner is killed in a in a bicycle accident in London um, and it's really about the, his loss and grief and um, it's absolutely it's it's nearly like a feature film in its own right there's just this one piece of shot with what three minute video it's just absolutely amazing and it, and it picks up on the 
the elements of the song as well. Um, it's just, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, you'll have me looking that up when I get out of here. Vanessa Fox O'Loughlin, thank you very much for becoming the latest member of our Culture Club. And as I said, your latest book, the better off known as Sam Blake, The Mystery of Four, is out now. Thank you very much for coming into us here on The Last Word. Vanessa. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.